I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Did I, and you that dropping could, your voice? That could be, that could be our <laughs> first so intro. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> David and I are so excited to bring you part three of our conversation with poet, speaker, advocate, Lederic Horn. Uh, if you haven't heard the first two parts, may we suggest going back and listening. Uh, but without further ado, here is part three of our conversation with Lederic Horn. It's this this uh, sort of you know approach to like multimedia activism, right? Like how how can we use these new these new forms of media to, to share information. We've done things like um, uh, uh, back in, I guess it was 2018, I created a video series um, called Celebrating Black History and People with Disabilities. And so it's uh, six, six, they're short, they're like minute, minute, uh, two minutes long, these little videos. We shot them in my house. Um, and um, it's me, uh, talking about these folks who are both black and have disabilities. And there are six videos and four of them are folks who are LD ADHD. Um, and so uh, as part of this grant, we went in and recorded four more and it was folks who were sort of targeted at the, at the ID, uh, IDD population. Um, and, uh, and that, and that's been really fun. You know, like I, I started a TikTok account and just like, how, you know, how do we, yeah, right. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Right? But side note, but yeah, but, we're gonna put all this in the show notes if you want. Okay, like just right, we'll I, just right. do like link, 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 link. Or if you have a link tree, we'll just link it all. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. But it's but it's it's you know, it's one of the key pieces of, of like disability culture is that it it generally gets conveyed from one person with a disability or a difference to another, right? Um, not oftentimes from parent to child, like many other forms of culture. And so um, you know, we were, and we keep hearing this and like the research we're doing, like, you know, so two, two parents are sitting on the sideline at some event that might be very specific for kids with disabilities. And then they start talking and then they're able to share information. Right. Um, yeah, you know, we're having, you know, some school event and the kids may not even know why they're there, but all of a sudden they start talking to each other and it's like, okay, well, what app are you using to get mm -hmm. your audiobooks and, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Right. And so how do you have those conversations at scale and like it's it's you know it's it's the podcasting right it's it's these you know um because some of us aren't going to listen to it to uh, not going to read the book right they're not going to read the study right mm -hmm. but but this is a, a very accessible way to be able to access that information it, it's like you're talking about a people and a population that has a shared oral history mm -hmm. um and your access to that oral history is totally dependent on your geography. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you, and like when you overlay that with, with uh, racial segregation, the history, the lasting history of sec racial, racial 
segregation here in America. And I, you know, I live in New Jersey. I'm, I'm broadcasting from New Jersey. Jersey's the sixth most segregated state as far as race goes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and like I live in a black part of town. Like it's it's you know black, and the Latinx community has has started moving in. But this is where when my grandfather wanted to to you know raise his family and buy property, this is where he was told he he had to go. Yeah. Um, and and so when it when it comes to that, right, it's not like I can go to my neighbor who has access to all this information because you know. We, you know, and, and, and like I said, it's a blue collar community, like where a lot of us are still just dealing with degrees of like survival, right? Um, where you've got to cross over into somebody else's town, right? Or, you know, in the, in, into some other community to be able to, to have these conversations, right? Um, and, um, you know, and so that's, yeah, that, that segregation, it's one of the, the lasting uh, qualities of it is that it cuts us off from, from resources, from info, um, because we're not close enough to have those conversations, you know, and I think it's, you know, it's also, um, you know, it's the, it's the power of, of having, you know, these conversations and, and then just sort of being available for anyone to just sort of find, you know, out in the world, it's the power, um, even though something like athletics, you know, that has this opportunity to be able to bring people together to, to play on teams and to form community. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, when I think about, you know, like I ran track and cross country, um, that would, I was able to meet a bunch of folks who were not in special ed because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was able to, I mean, there are still folks that I met, you know, men and women when I were in, in high school that I rely on today. I mean, they're friends, uh, they're professional colleagues, you know? Mm-hmm. And if I had just stayed in those classrooms, I maybe would not have not been able to build those bonds. Then I think also just sort of professionally, you know, I'm a, I'm a county college guy, you know, state school, you know, um, um, you know, I've been invited to ha- uh, to Harvard, you know, to talk to folks there. I've been invited to the UN, the White House. Um, you know, I've I've got friends and colleagues that um, you know come from all walks of life, and that is primarily because we're 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 passionate about the same the same issue. You know, and because uh, and we're passionate about it and and oftentimes because we're a part of that population, you know. Um, And so um, I think that, uh, you know, we oftentimes talk about, you know, how LD and ADHD, how it it does cross those lines. And that's important to recognize. And it's also important to recognize that, you know, there is privilege that comes in there and and um, and how, you know, that can also make the the experience of, of being LD, of being ADHD, very different. Yeah. There's a, I want to jump on that so quickly. And I, and I know, you know, just want to jump on this and say, I think there's, when we're talking about people in this world, uh, whether we're talking about color of their skin, gender, sex, learning, we go through all these different things. I think, I don't think there's a way for us to hear one message in one way. And I don't think there's a way for a message to become universal. Mm-hmm. I think it, it stretches. And I think we need to have conversations more often, not just the right way. And what you're talking about in the context of choice and agency is really important to honor. And in the context of ADHD and LD, 
we're looking at really exceptional people that are being missed. Right. And I think within the context of learning differently, like I've seen people who I truly believe could be potentially curing major diseases, potentially changing. And I'm not like, I know I'm hyperbolic by nature because it's in my blood, but I'm not, I'm not even trying to, I'm not even getting you. I'm serious. We're losing resources by ignoring people. Yeah. Absolutely. Diamonds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, you know, like I, I appreciate, you know, how the kind words you use to describe me, uh, David and, but I can also tell you, I went to, I went to middle school with some guys who were like intellectually, artistically, like they were, they were the folks that I looked up to, you know, um, just remarkable human beings, you know, who were in those same self-contained, those same segregated classes with me. And we're, you know, and, you know, whether, whether it be, you know, the resources at home, you know, just the luck, you know, sometimes, but their lives ended up in, in very different places. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, you know, and I know, I know now sort of statistically, you know, what kind of, you know, we could point to that, that, that mm -hmm. helped me to end up where I am now, um, you know, sort of contributing factors to that. Um, and, and then I think it's just also a lot of grace from God that is, that has helped me to, to, to be where I am now. Um, but I should not, I should not be an outlier. You know, we, the three of us on here, you know, like, I, and I think that's like, if we're going to be honest, we're the, we're the survivors, right? We're the outliers yeah. oftentimes. Yeah. And, um, and you know, what I, I just want to make sure is that when I take my, my last breath, that the, the the world is a better place and it's easier, right? It's easier. These problems have been solved. You know, we have the language, we have the confidence, um, we have the community, we have the tools um, so that uh, no one has to go through, you know, all the same sort of suffering that we did. There's a, there's a, something you just said that strikes to the heart of psychology and a lot of, in, in, in some of what I believe. It's called a transmuting internalization. Yo, I, let me tell you, this is why this is why I love this podcast. Cause when they when y'all when, when y'all go in like this, like <laughs> yeah, no, it's real. It's a, Yo, it, here it is. Here okay, it is. It's a trans. Go ahead, go ahead, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I, gotta, I gotta take the sweatshirt off because I'm sweating. I'm sweating. <laughs> He is, yo, it's like, <laughs> you can, yeah, you can go, tell David's go. ready for it too. Cause you get like, his head gets bigger in the screen. Like it feels <laughs> and, and you see the way he got real quiet and way he just dropped yeah. that, yeah. that SAT word. It was just like, boom. Yeah. Yeah. And now we just, okay. now we have, we're ready. Go ahead. Yeah. So a transmuting internalization, you can remember is like the quantum leap part of psychology. It basically means going back and correcting something that wasn't right for you, mm. for somebody else. Mm. It's like, Writing a wrong in your past, essentially. And I think there's a theme there that like connects, you know, the, the three of us in a lot of these ways. Like, I don't want someone else to suffer in the ways that I suffer. I don't. And then it gets really complex now because I'm like, I also want people to suffer. Hold on. I'm not a jerk. But like, I am where I am because of what I had to overcome. But it's like, what are the right places to suffer? Right. Because there's a yeah. lot of needless suffering in the context of the world of LD and ADHD. Like, like it's just not worth it. Like bad ROI. Like, like your return on investment. This is not worth it. Like me waiting in line for four hours was not worth this haircut. I don't care what it like. It, sure, but like not worth. Like the, 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 the transmuting internalization. You going back to 
to right these wrongs, to change the system on a number of different levels is such a real thing. Mm. And I think, I think when you're coming from that kind of place of wanting to correct something that's broken in the world, people feel that mm-hmm. because they're not feeling like you're trying to correct them. Yes. Yes. Well, and it's, yeah. ah, yes. And what, you know, okay. So I get, yeah, like essentially if I'm hearing right now, I'm going to do the part where I pause and reframe it to make sure I understand what you just said uh so david if i hear what you're saying what i'm hearing you say is like yeah it's like we it's i mean the way i've heard this described too is like trauma mastery it's that idea that like we you know that idea that we kind of sometimes unconsciously get pulled into scenarios or narratives or stories or relationships environments that will replicate aspects of the things that in the past, you know, devalued, dehumanized, disempowered us, left us feeling out of control, helpless, all these things, right? And that part of the reason we might sometimes be drawn to it, whether we know it or not, right, the theory goes, is because we are seeking to, like, change the script this time. Like, if I can only just, you know, maybe I'll tweak it this much, you know, like that that idea. <laughs> the example of, like, somebody like, oh, why do I date the same? It feels like everyone I date ends up being, you know, a jerk. And it's like, well, like, maybe there's a piece of this that's like, you know, like something here you're trying to, like, work through, you know, in that. Um, but you know what's interesting when you're describing, like, there's all this needless suffering. What I was thinking about is, like, the difference between pain and suffering. Like, that idea of, okay, this is where my mind went. Have you heard the idea that like leprosy, like how to put it, like, or is it leprosy or is it like certain disease? There's like certain diseases that will like numb your nerves. So I'll put it in the show notes that like essentially like let's say you're working and doing something, you're not going to notice pain. And so you're going to continue to work and you're going to continue to do everything as you normally do. And it leads to you like literally losing your limbs or like losing your fingers because you didn't address the cut and the nick while it was infected, right? Like the idea of pain as messenger or pain as like that idea, you would never want to rob someone of their pain. And that's different than wanting to alleviate or um, create change for their suffering. And I think of it like the difference between pain and suffering is pain is like you're listening to the message and you're, 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 in some ways mobilized to do something about it. Like I feel the ow and now I'm going to do something with this. The suffering to me speaks of isolation. It speaks of, I'm just trapped. Like I, there's nothing else I could do to change the script. Like I'm just recycling, recycling, recycling the thing with no hope of a change or no prospect of anyone to come to help or that I feel safe enough to ask for help. So it's interesting because like my my thinking is like there's this piece around trauma work that they talk about like how it can't be done in isolation, right? Like trauma isolates. And so you naturally are going to have to reconnect and re-enter community and community, not just like, oh, you walk in a room and everyone knows your name, like cheers. Um, I don't, I'm so curious. I don't know if anyone knows that reference anymore. Whatever. That's fine. Um <laughs> But, but like, like community, like literally what we're doing right now, like, like sitting down and talking and getting really curious and being willing to be vulnerable and being willing to like, like turn to the other person and go, yeah, I listen to my books on an app. (laughs) 
like it is that it is that crucial i don't know i've talked a lot does that no, make no, sense? no 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 okay. i want to jump on this because that's incredible but there's a part about this that i can think i can like put together with inclusion i think um oh no i lost it hold on what was it oh okay oh no i forgot what we it, it's gone <laughs> it's gone it's gone and i and i shouldn't have said the inclusion part breadcrumbs oh, breadcrumbing um uh, pain, pain versus suffering um we were talking about um Oh no, my brain's lost now too. I don't know that cut and the the what community really is and Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Side Damn note, it. I am leaving this in because this is life right now. It's like this is real. This is real. You're gonna leave this in and then I'm I gonna be can't. like, oh my god, and it's gonna come back to me and I'm oh, gonna have the insert, insert for it. you. Yeah, you, you can insert it. So this will be a moment yeah. like well, let's all pause for the insert. And we're back. Perfect. <laughs> we're back. That was, that was, that really was cool. great. That was so thing. great. I'm so yeah. glad you pulled that back. Well done. Uh, remembered it. That was great. Well Remember all of it. <laughs> Look at this guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always David. In oh, a pit. I got it. I got it. I got it. Oof. Good. Okay. So when we're talking about trauma, we're talking about these differences, and we're talking about talking about it and being curious. You know, I lean. I lean into my trauma expertise too here. Let's let's pull up a, a really hyperbolic example of trauma just for a second. Um, when we're looking at PTSD rates by country, you typically, we could assume that like, you're gonna have trauma, like PTSD is probably gonna happen if you're at war a lot, right? So like, I don't know, I'm not trying to pick on anything, but like a country like Israel should have a pretty high PTSD rate. Like they are surrounded by conflict, there's terrorist attacks there all the time. Every single person there has to be in the military, right? They have the lowest. They have the lowest rate of PTSD of any other country because when the person leaves the military, everyone understands. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was in the military. And when we're talking right now, I'm not trying to find out what's wrong with either of you. I was in the, the LD, you know, ADHD, like, like regiment as well. Like, this is this moment where we're sharing these stories. And when we're not feeling alone, we're not isolating. We're feeling better about all parts of this. And I think, like, when we're looking at that trauma response, right? That reenactment, reenactments can be pretty dangerous. Like, all right, like I was driving really fast, but like, you know, I lost control, but maybe I won't this time. Like that's dangerous, right? That's a different kind of thing around like thinking about what we can do differently so that like little 10 year old me has an easier life. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's just subtle, it's softly different. And I think the more, like when we get to inclusion, right? I'm sorry, I'll, and here, here it comes. It's around making sure that like everyone has an individualized education plan. That it's around making sure that everyone walks away with these accommodations in different ways. So you're not just damaged or different or broken if you have an individualized education plan. Who wouldn't benefit from an individualized <laughs> education plan? Yeah, like who wouldn't benefit from, I don't know, their caregivers plus the people who see them directly? Like getting data and also them contributing especially making a dream board <laughs> like goals and going that appropriate huh, to them. exactly like what are my goals what are my needs what are my strengths what are my vulnerabilities how can i like roll with this maybe this isn't a good fit for me i don't know like sorry but then you could go yeah. to your lunchroom and be like oh my god i had the worst iep and everyone goes oh that sucks here's my chocolate milk because it's not a weird thing <laughs> right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i um uh, one of the best pieces of advice I ever received from my, my good friend, Mark McClendon. And um, Mark is like, he's an awesome human being, incredible story. He was like a 
famous DJ and um, he owns a plumbing company now. He does plumbing and remodeling. And um, yeah, and and I was going through it. I was a young man. I'm sure I was in my my early 20s or late teens and uh, was at an event with my family and was just sort of breaking down emotionally. And so I left whatever the hall was and found the car and was laying on the back seat. I was crying. I don't, I don't remember all of what was going on, but I, I felt horrible. And my eyes are closed and I'm going through it. And all of a sudden I hear a knock on the window. So I, I open my eyes and I look up through the glasses. Mark McClendon. Mark is tall too. He's like, he's well over six feet. Tall brother. So I open the door. He's like, what's going on? And I, and I didn't have the words. I, I didn't feel like I could really open up about it. And he said to me, he said, you know, um, I don't exactly know what you're going through right now. And I know in this world, there's a lot of suffering, but none of us has to suffer alone. And, um, and that was just, that was what I needed to hear, you know? And, and it was, and I think it was, you know, he went outside, he found me, you know, he, he had some kind words, he showed up. Um, but that's something that stuck with me for a long time because we, you know, there's like in the dis in the like disability studies in that world. You know, they talk about like the dignity of failure, and um, you know, and how there's this desire sometimes to just sort of wrap kids in these bubbles, these protective bubbles, um, and how you 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 actually it's like treating you like you're not a human being. You know, human beings fail. Human beings fall. Right. We get our knees scraped up. Right. We get embarrassed. Those those things happen. That's like a part of being alive in this world. Um, but you don't want to be so fragile that when that happens, you break, you know, and, you know, and some of the ways we, we get through that is by giving that experience words and, and, and listening to other people and having other people listen to us, whether it be, you know, formally or informally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we don't, we don't have to go through it alone. You know, we don't have to go through it alone. I, um, I want to ask because I, I do, I'm supposed to ask things that I would like to see in the world. Um, but I know you personally, so I well, will be mindful that I know I'm doing this. Would you mind possibly gifting us with a poem? Yeah, yeah of course. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, let me go get a drink of water. I'll be right yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thanks for asking, David. Oh, it's it's hard because I don't want to ask him because it's like this is you know he does it all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's prepared. Sure, I don't want. Yeah, I, totally I don't want him, him to feel spot. awkward. Yeah, or like and or you know, fucking incredible. I'm so so... <laughs> pause for dramatic sip of water yeah. while we your eyes go back and forth. <laughs> oh my gosh, mm. my heart my heart is racing right now. I'm so excited. I know, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> what y'all laughing about? We were just Sorry. talking about how we're both like, really excited and excited. our hearts racing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Any requests, David, since you've, you've heard a bunch of them? Like, this is where I don't want to say um, dare to dream. I don't want to, because you've done, you also have new stuff. Like, I want you to, like, I want you to go with, this is where I, you, agent. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So, uh, so I'll do Dare to Dream. Start with Dare to Dream. Um, can I do a few of them, or if we just get that? Yeah. Oh yes. Are you kidding? Yes. Me? Yeah. Whoop. All right. So, um, so Dare to Dream. So Dare to Dream is a poem I wrote for high school kids with uh, with disabilities, and it starts out like a wedding. Let's see if I can do it. Let's see. Starts out like a wedding. We are gathered here today to bear witness, to bear witness to the union of two beautiful people. Yes, today is the day that we merge who you are with who you want to be, making the vision and the reality one, an integration born of communication and made tangible by your commitment to yourselves. Now, I know some of you may be a little afraid, but don't let cold feet stop you from jumping the broom, from taking the first step, from beginning a journey that will transform your lives. Yeah, I know some of you may be a little afraid, but you see, it's my job to show you that better days are coming. Yes, it's my job to be Harriet Tudman-like with my movements and verse. So if I have to steal away just for us to make a way, well then star, my hand will be the first one in the cookie jar of self-advocacy. I'll use these sticky fingers to pickpocket the pocket of self-determination. And if I have to grand theft auto the Mercedes Benz of a quality education, well then they might as well leave the doors unlocked and the key in the ignition because I'm gone in 60 seconds and ain't nothing, y'all. I mean, nothing going to stand in my way. You see, it's my job to unlock doors, unshackle minds, break through glass ceilings, motivate, inspire, and challenge you. I'm here to challenge you. And so I dare you. I dare you to sit out there in those seats and not be moved by the testimony of these brave souls who have come before you as examples of excellence. I dare you. I dare you to look into the mirror without imagining. See yourself as yourself a diamond that might need a little bit of polish, but whose beauty has always existed. I dare you. I dare you to step, bounce, and move to your own rhythm. Excite minds and time will redefine this system. I write lines designed to embrace and kiss, plus supercharged like import strapped with nitrous. This is a revolution a fight for inclusion. Segregation is no solution. Brown versus Ed is how I'm proven. We deserve the best. Nothing more and nothing less. Every child gets left behind when all we focus on are tests. And so I dare you to judge yourselves by a different standard, to lift as you climb, and to fight like gladiators to become master and commander of your own beautiful minds. But above all else, I dare you to dream. Dare to dream, y'all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Oh. See Isabel? Yeah. See? <laughs> so I like to, I don't want to break the spell, so I'm just gonna stay full quiet and see how many. Oh no, more let's you talk. Let's do. talk. No, go ahead if you want to, and then I I'll come oh, up with something. Oh my else. gosh. Oh, I mean I have goosebumps. I have like le- I have legit have goosebumps. Like that the uh, I I mean you just yeah it's just incredible I don't have words you have the words you had the words they were great the part they were great what an understatement the moment where you were describing like you're a diamond and you know maybe a bit unpolished but like you've always been there and like you see yourself in the mirror like it just ooh I just I was I don't know you spoke to ten year old me ten year old me was like <laughs> feeling it so thank you I appreciate that. When I um, when I first heard that Lederic, um, I I remember 
there were these like I just gotta say it like I heard someone be like this guy's gonna say poetry and I remember being like oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and I, I gotta be honest right because I don't know what to expect right. and then and then it, and you came out with Dear to Dream and the images that I had like in this the whole time you were talking it wasn't like this moment where I was waiting for someone to finish like I could see it mm-hmm. I could see like you grabbing my hand and us like getting out and I could see like you not like see it was just it was a moment where like I was like holy crap mm-hmm. uh, and then for the next eight years I tried to videotape you singing this like doing this but we would be presenting together like it would be the most like unprofessional thing in the world I'd be like how do I get this thing done I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get this. and like I'm like, come on, Derek, come on up. And then, like, I am in the background trying to record. It's, it never came out. And I'm so grateful that you could share this again because little me, current me, is just so excited to share what you can do with the world. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Dare to Dream is like the poem that like gave me a career. I remember I was working for the New Jersey State Department of Education's Office of Special Education for a year. Um, and we were, it was like, I just graduated from college. And it was in, um, it was in the spring and we were doing the Dare to Dream conferences. And uh, Bob Hall, uh, who ran these events and also kind of had a, like, a, I don't give a damn, we're going to help these kids, kind of had that, that kind of energy. Um, uh, he, uh, we were, we were doing it. There were like eight, eight conferences in this series. And towards the end, he's just like, yo, when are you going to write a dare to dream poem? Cause that was the name of the conference. When are you going to write a dare to dream poem? And I had had all these poems that I had written through college when I was wrestling with the, the, the dual identity of being a black man and a person with a disability. And I'm just, you know, I would, I would pull those out and the kids loved them. Um, but I had learned so much, you know, about um, supporting folks with disabilities in that community. And I, I had had, you know, I had, I had words, I had things I wanted to speak to it. And so, um, you know, it's just the kind of thing in art where like you write something very specific and it has this ability to be very general. This is just part of a longer conversation with Ladera Horn. There is even more amazing stuff to come. Can't wait for you to hear uh, a continuation of this conversation in the future. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever have that thought where you think, hey, I'm nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right. Just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of, and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks.